Today on the pod, I've got my good friend, Joel Charlotte. Joel is the founder of SteamBridge, which is a STEM company aimed at training middle and high school age students in technology that gets them hands-on critical thinking in areas such as drones, building computers, robotics, 3D printing. I've had the opportunity to observe and even participate in some of the programs and the energy in the room is just absolutely amazing. The students are totally in, immersed in what they are doing. In addition to some of the platforms of just the tech hands-on training, they're developing a kind of like a, if you're familiar with personality tests, this is something where it talks about how your innovation part of your brain works. And they're getting us aimed at middle school and high school age kids. I've taken it, it's very aimed at adults, but it is spot on. It absolutely drills down to how you function in a team environment, how you work well with others. Um, I find it fascinating. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Joel as he is trying to bring more life after school practical skills and critical thinking and soft skills together as students are preparing to enter the workforce. Joel, thanks for taking the time to be here. Give a little background on some of the stuff you're doing with SteamBridge, some of your background with the military and how you've got yourself into STEM programming. I think there's a lot of stuff that's out there in the educational field where we're trying to get a lot of new people into the workforce, you know, but starting at earlier and earlier and earlier ages. But before we get into all that, why don't you take a couple minutes and give a little bit of a, about your background? Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, always happy to talk about uh, STEM uh, and STEAM education and what we're working on. So um, a little bit about me. My name is Joel Charlotte. Uh, I'm the CEO founder of SteamBridge. Prior to that, um, I was an active duty Marine officer, spent 20 years in the Marine Corps, did 13 years on active duty and about seven years in the reserves. Started out flying helicopters. That's probably for a whole nother podcast. You and I can talk about all sorts of aviation and fun related things. But I did, after flying, I did have the opportunity to go to Naval Postgraduate School. So the Marine Corps was kind enough to pay for my master's degree. While I was there, I also had the opportunity to go work for a think tank. The CNO used to run a think tank uh, called the Strategic Studies Group. So spent um, six months working there, getting to uh, think big thoughts. And really, that's kind of where I came out. That opportunity with the idea of XR security, which, of course, we can also talk about on another <laughs> podcast, but that's another business that I've got on a consulting side. So after I left active duty, again, spent about seven years in the reserves, did a lot of government contracting things, started out in business development, figured out how that whole world worked, proposal writing, capture, did a little bit of time in operations, kind of worked my way through and all the different companies I worked at spent a lot of time learning how to run a business. Again, everything from business development all the way through operations and you know recruiting and those kinds of things because I knew one day I wanted to run my own company. So spent a lot of time doing that. Had the opportunity about four years ago to uh, run a nonprofit. So knew both of the co-founders of uh, Cyberbytes Foundation. They were just starting out and came down, talked to both of them and worked out as a fit and said, Hey, you know, I'm looking for something to run. They were, they had something to run. So it kind of worked out pretty well. It was a very interesting experience because we started from nothing. We had a building, we didn't have a, you know, we didn't even have a budget per se. Right. So got to help build that from again, nothing up to where it is today. Part of that, um, that we ran were summer camps, right? So the, the origin story of Steambridge, if you will, really starts from Cyberbytes Foundation. Yep. So we it started out, we had the same sort of sob story that everybody else did with the pandemic. 
doors open to the facility in October of 2019. And by 2020, we were all shut down. So the business model for the Cyberbytes Foundation relies very heavily on the building. And so since nobody was coming in, the next thing the board wanted to do was run summer camps. So we said, all right, let's do that. You know, not knowing how to run a summer camp, what it entailed, we actually took the opportunity to build a, a camp, had a very good relationship with the young Marines. And so partnered with them, brought them in, 20 kids from all over the U.S., taught them cybersecurity drones, and then a little bit of robotics all in one week. And the kids got to go home with what they what they built and what they did for that week. So we ran that as, the, as a camp for the young Marines, had a great story written up about us in the Fredericksburg local newspaper. And the first lady of Virginia actually saw it and, and reached out to us and said, hey, if you run another one, we'd love to you know, come and talk. And so that's what we did. We ran a second one for the community, had another 20 kids come in, ran the same identical camp. This time we had the first lady of Virginia there to come speak. She was a huge STEM advocate and she still is a huge STEM advocate. And so she had loved the opportunity to come in and talk. We also just happened to find out, I guess, I don't know if that's quite the right way to say that, but we, we ran in the second camp, we set up some demos for the kids. And so inside of the, with those demos, we had virtual reality, we had 3D printing, we had a couple other different emerging technologies, could not get the kids away from a 3D printer. And so we looked at it and said, okay, there's something here. We built a curriculum in a matter of two weeks, I think, maybe three weeks, found a local company, Jellybox, 3D makes the Jellybox, found them. He was willing to build some printers for us. And so... We ran a 3D printing camp that same summer. So that first summer, we ran 60 kids through. The next summer, we ran 350 kids through based on a relationship that we had with the Marine Corps Junior ROTC program. And so that also allowed us then to kind of go worldwide because there's Marine Corps JROTC units in Korea, Japan. I don't think Guam had it at the time. Maybe they did. But you know, we, we sent out drone kits to these kids, mailed them out, and then put them on a Zoom call and built it with them. So... So we've done all sorts of stuff, kind of fast forward to, I think last year, went to the board and said, hey guys, we built this, got it where we wanted to, where I wanted to get it to at least. We were in the next stage of it, you know, kind of that growth stage, not the startup stage so much, but went to the board and said, hey, there's a, there's a model here with these summer camps. So I want to take them and run a business. So they were kind enough to agree and Steambridge was formed. So in 2022, we formed, we ran some camps that summer alongside the Cyberbytes Foundation camps. And then the following year, which would have been last year, 2023, you know, since inception, we've interacted with, I think, over 2000 kids, you know, which is a great number for one year, a year and a half, maybe. And so really love it. Oh, that's awesome. Love, love and, what and, we do. And, yeah. I, you know, like I said, obviously we go, we go back to those early Cyberbyte days, you know, just for anybody listening. Yeah. So I... It, it was one of those things when I, you know, I was looking for something to kind of get involved in. I would volunteer here or there, come up to Cyberbytes to one of the, you know, they would do the monthly, the monthly meetings, the, uh, the CBNEs yeah. as they called them, Cyberbytes Networking Bites. Event, yeah. CBNEs, if yeah. you hear that, see that phrase yeah. on the, on the internet, but it was coming up to, it was actually that first lady of Virginia's event. I was actually there that day when she did a vir that virtual presentation and it was, it's crazy to feel it was filling the energy in the room. You know, the kids were excited, you know, they had, they had all their stuff out there. It's like you said, trying to pull them away from that was impossible. They were engrossed in what they were doing. They absolutely loved the the skills that they were learning and been able to 
I think it's a thing, that tangible thing of putting your hands on something that I, that I sure. don't know how much in, in, you know, I gotta, I gotta watch myself with my wife being in the, in the public school system, but getting that, getting that hands-on stuff versus just theoretical book learning facts dumped into your head right. where you're to get, you've, you've created a way for them to learn a bunch of those different skills from the coding, the, the programmatic features, and then physically putting something together and learning how that works. And then you've got it, that practical application to it. I don't, I, is that something, is that one of the things out of all the stuff that, you know, obviously the stuff we did a bunch of different things while we were there, but that's the one that you, that kind of fed you the most, most like, you know, to take the, where you wanted to go, Hey, let me, there's a thing here, not just a business where I can make money at it, but there's a thing here. There's an energy around this. Is that, yeah. is that part of it? There is, it, it is, it was absolutely part of it. And I'll tell you, if you go back to those first camps that we ran, you know, we, again, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I'll be the first to admit that. I'm, I'm the director of operations for a nonprofit. I'm a military, you know, aviator. I've done command and control type things. And here I am trying to figure out how to keep kids entertained for a week. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we kind of just went back, or at least I did. I, I, I think part of it's luck. You know, I mean, my dad used to say sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And I, and I think we had probably just a little bit of luck in there in the sense that we had all the right people in the room. So we had, we had found partners who were willing to try this new thing with us. So, you know, we had a drone company and they were doing drone classes, but they weren't doing them quite the way we were doing them, you know, and then we had, you know, we brought a cybersecurity company in to help teach them how to hack websites and do all these fun kind of things. You know, we gave them ethics classes on top of that. (laughs) Right. But, but we, we found a way to combine all three. And I mean, I still remember sitting in meetings with, with these partners and they were like, there's no way we can do this. You're trying to fill up, you know, there's no, we can't do this. Fellow. And I said, just, let's just try it. And so we did. And that's kind of the lucky part, you know, and then we, we fell into the build portion because we had a robot kit we were using. It was a micro bit robot based off of, you know, a program with Python. And so we had to do a lot of thinking around, okay, these kids may or may not know Python. How do we teach them? that? How do we give them just enough knowledge? And that kind of became our mantra in the sense of, of just give them enough knowledge to be dangerous, if you will. But really what that means is you're giving them enough knowledge and, and the tools by letting them take those things home with them so that they can continue to learn. You know, some of the best um, compliments we get are from kids that come back, you know, and, and or from parents and say, hey, you know, we, we just got one this last summer where the kid's super quiet, you know, but, but apparently likes computers, right. And just opened up in the class. And, and so that's what, that's what I like, right? Like, yep, we make money. Look, I, I like money. I like making money, you know, but in reality, it's the fact that we get to educate the kids. Right. And, and I think the other part of it too, the, the part I don't talk about a whole lot is that, you know, with a national security background, being in the military, I, I still think about national security, right? So how are we going to stay ahead with, or, or at least match, right? Like we, we've got China and, and all these other pacing, you know, threats now. And, you know, one of our favorite conversations, even inside of, of STEM is, you know, let's talk about why we don't use DJI drums, right? Let's talk about other things like that, right? And we still have a very national security mindset. So I think for me, it's those kinds of things. It's how do we get the next generation of kids interested? And I'll tell you one last thing on on sort of how, you know, as we were starting this, again, it was in the middle of the pandemic, right? And and we shut schools down. 
right? And and you and your wife know this more than than anybody else. But you know, we were one of the very few countries that shut schools down, right? Like other countries managed to figure out how to do it, and so our kids fell behind, and we are still feeling that, right? Like I just saw a news article the other day: SAT scores are still not where they need to be. Well, how do we compete in a global environment if we're shutting down schools? Right. And so, you know, we started to take a longer look at, okay, how do we help the schools? How do we, because a lot of the teachers aren't ready to teach these kinds of things, right? Like how to build a PC or how to build a 3D printer. There's a few out there. They're out there, but they're, they're the minority. They're not, they're not out there. They probably have one class that they teach, right? Like doing this. So, so for us, it's a matter of, of being able to help, you know, bringing these kids back up to speed, getting them interested. And then as we've evolved this, now we get them connected with, with professionals, yep. with academics, so they can see a path forward. So, so long answer to your, to your short question, but you know, for us, you're right. It's way more than just how much. It, yeah. And, and again, it was more of those things when you, when you see something that's got an energy, when, when everybody's out there, you know, they're, they're, you know, talking about entrepreneurship, there's like, what's, I don't have a good idea or something like that. And then you see this spark or you feel it. Like I said, when I would go to some of those things, there'd be this thing where you'd feel the inner, you could feel the energy in a room. You know when you feel sure. energy in a room, and you also know when you walk into a room that's dead. I've been in, you know, yep. been in both, uh, and there was definitely energy both. in the room. And we'll talk about some of the other other yeah. stuff, you know, the ones like I was involved with in the past year. But you talked about setting something up different than what some of those other vendors. When you were searching out for the vendors to help participate, you know, because you've got a vendor to supply you the the 3D printers, you got vendors for the, you know, uh, I don't know how you're doing the computers, but the uh, the drones and kits and things of that nature. What was one of those, what was some of that stuff that you were looking to do slightly different than what everybody had been doing to some degree of success in the past? Sure. So we, engagement, right? I, I will tell you, I think engagement is key with, with, the, with the kids, with the young adults. The other thing that I will tell you is, is another thing I was thinking through was a, a challenge. You've got to find something that challenges these kids. You know, I, I think they probably get a bad rap that, you know, they just sit around and play video games all day or they're antisocial. But I will tell you, one of the most engaging things we do is a demo of all things, just a demo. If a school wants us to come out or an organization wants to come out and, and just show drones. I, I did this with the Cub Scouts the other night. I bring a set of drones and I and they're block-based, the programming. So anybody can do it. And I just give them a challenge. I say, hey, you're starting at this table. I want you to take off and go land on that other table. And I can keep kids engaged for 40 minutes right at a time by just giving them a challenge and we see it time and time again where if you we, we have kids who there were a couple summer camps that we we can talk through stories of you know when you get to the older kids they can drive right and the, the course would be over for the day and we would go back to work because we still have a foundation to run and i'd come back an hour later and there's still kids in there right the kids who can drive didn't go home because <laughs> They're stuck on something or they enjoy what they're doing. And we were just like, dude, you got to go home, man. I can't let my staff go until you go home. Right. So please go home. Your printer will be here tomorrow. Right. Like just so it's it's a combination of engaging activities and that that challenge. Right. Like we give them something to prove that they can that they've learned something. Right. So and, and that that engagement conversation comes up over and over. And I think just because I've been doing this for four years now, you know, like I, I've been talking to a, a variety of cybersecurity companies lately about how we build a cyber course, right? Well, cyber is a pretty dry topic, yeah. right? And 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 so 
we are constantly looking for whatever that engaging thing is. And some, some people don't get it. And I, and I have, I, I can tell now, right? Like I, I know if I'm talking to you about, Hey, let's build a cyber course. And we immediately go to, all right, well, let's load up Kali Linux. Okay. Well, that's probably not the right thing to do, right? Like there's too much that we have to teach. We're going to bore the kids, you know? And, and so we have ways, you know, I, I have things I tell my instructors on, Hey, here's ways you can engage your kids early, right? Do it early, get them engaged. And then we keep them engaged longer. And, and we've got battle scars. I mean, we've had some, some camps and some workshops that, you know, I just walk in and I'm like, if I could cancel this now, I would, <laughs> right? Because it's, we're, we're just not, we're not engaging them. And to your point, you can tell, I oh, mean, yeah. when the kids, you know, this thing gets picked up, oh, yes. right? Like, which, yeah, then, you know, you know, you've lost them. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's a combination of engagement. And Is that challenge. something when you're looking at this model, because right now, are everything's primarily in those, the short formats, correct? You're still doing everything primarily in, we call them the boot camps. you know, this course is a week. Uh, maybe something is two weeks. Is right. that something that, you know, you talked about mentioning the schools to get something that's, that's the longer version of some of these things. Is that something sure. that you're looking into versus just the quick hits, quick in, quick out type of stuff? Sure. So we are actively engaged with a middle school in Suitland, Maryland right now, where we're doing about three hours a week, about a, no, about two hours a week for 21 weeks. And so we're pump, it's about a seven week cohort. So we're doing that three times. And so we do have longer formats. I, I think if you look at the, the time, you know, hours is sort of that great equalizer. We, we always sit somewhere between 20 and 40 hours. We are working on longer courses, but yeah, for us, our, our goal is to get the kids interested. Okay, so we do have somewhere we can get them college credit. We do have somewhere they get certifications out of it. Um, but our goal is really to just engage the kids and get them interested and then hand them over to universities or colleges or agencies that might want to hire them or other places where they can get further certifications, those kinds of things. So our goal isn't that long-term engagement, at least not right now. Our goal is just that initial so, engagement. So I was at a, I was invited out to Louisa Public High School March or May of last year, one of the end months. I forget which one it was. Anyway, they had won a grant for a two-year program for anybody in high school. So you sign up and it was kind of a, I don't call it a skill stacking but everybody kind of got to roll through various versions of a lot of the stuff was very, I saw some of it, but not exactly, not everything in detail. Like I have with, with your camps, with your camps and having some of the hands on where it was like, Hey, they got the coding, they got to roll through these programs. And then kind of toward the end of it, they were able to pick more of a specialty that they may want to go into as you're looking at this versus, you know, you've got the camps and maybe, like you said, I would see kids come in there, Hey, we're doing the PC camp. Then we're going to do the drone camp. You would see some of the same ones or some would dip in, some would dip out. You wouldn't see them again. Are you structuring some of the camps for a, a, like a pyramid scheme where I don't want to say that's probably the wrong term, but where you, but a pyramid where you're getting the foundational skills that, hey, if you sure. learn the coding in drones, man, this will translate to 3D printing or vice versa, whichever one fits the, your model stack. So you've got a, again, you've got your individual course, but then you're starting to get that longer tail on the backside of different skill sets for the students. Is that something you're looking sure. at? We, we absolutely are. Um, it's taking a little bit of time to develop. You know, I think last year our focus was really on just getting operations up mm -hmm. and running, making sure we had the processes in place running. You know, we actually, 
wound up running about 13 different workshops last year on top of some in-school stuff and some after-school stuff that we did. But to your point, we have, you know, for us, if you look at everything that we sort of focus on, we can interrelate all of them. And so, you know, the first thing I think our conversations really um, centered on when we were talking about trying to build that that stackable, if you will, like you were saying, is is exactly what you mentioned, programming. So we do we can't teach Python in a day or two enough that we can make it useful by Friday, right? And so what we've been talking to are different organizations that can help us maybe make a two-week-long course. So one week you go and you learn Python, and then the next week you come back to us and you program drones or you program IoT or, you know, those kinds of things. IoT is a good one to be able to mix in with a lot of other things, right? So we're looking at IoT and maybe XR, IoT and drones, you know, like being able to actually connect everything together. So the idea is absolutely is okay. How and and we have an AI course that we're developing this summer, which is which is is a lot. If you it's it's designed to be a five week course, okay, with the fifth week being the culmination. So the previous four weeks can either be standalone or you can come to all four, so that that fifth week you put you, you put you put in use everything you've learned in the previous four weeks. So we are doing that to various degrees, but that's exactly the, the, the point though, is we have to, like these courses as standalone is great, but if I'm not showing you how these things interact and how, you know, I mean, it's almost a systems engineering mindset, right? Like you can't have a standalone, I, I can't have a silo that's just drones, right? Because there's so much that goes into drones other than just flying them or even just programming. Them. So, so yeah, we are working on it. It's a, you know, longer process than we'd like, um, but we, we're getting a few courses up. With some of these, once the, once somebody goes through either the drone, let's say whether they're going through one course or they're going through many, what's kind of the hope that you're looking for with these? Because again, most of these that you know they're middle school, high school age students, are are you hoping that they actually enter some of the skill, the programs that you are like drones? Hey, somebody takes an interest in aviation, whether it's drones or whether it's no kidding, you know, I've got a private pilot's license. You were a pilot in the Marine Corps, you know things of that nature is, or is it just trying to open up their mind to different critical thinking as they go make their choices going down the road? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's both. I mean, for me, uh, honestly, for me, if I could get what I would like to see are those kids engaged in STEM futures. Okay. And, 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 you know, the, the greatest, one of the best examples was the first year we ran a cyber course and we had a young Marine, a female young Marine come in and, you know, we were talking, we did the intros and said, okay, why are you here? Or, you know, tell me something, blah, blah, blah. What do you want to learn this week? And, you know, we get to this one young lady and she's like, I, I she's like, I'm, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> My parents, okay. my parents made me. Well, what are you interested? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have a couple of those too. We've had a couple of those, but you know, she, she, she says, well, I like people, so I don't think I would really be interested in cybersecurity. I said, all right, that's not true, right? Like the whole social engineering sure. aspect of cybersecurity is is all about people. So we actually introduced her to a cybersecurity profession who did social engineering, right? Like just to get to show her that, you know, and I think the problem, not the problem, I think part of part of what we do is, is like you said, we just open their eyes to the fact that, okay, are you interested in drones? Well, maybe you don't want to fly drones, but let's talk about material science. What are drones made of, right? Like, let's talk about just, 
energy, size, weight, and power. Okay, Let, let's talk about the different use. Oh, you're collecting data. Well, what are you going to do with that data? Right, like you're collecting images, telemetry. So we, you get off into data science. And 3D printing is the same way. You may not be interested in actually 3D printing, but let's talk about 3D design. Right? Let's talk about materials. I mean, you can print in just about anything these days. So, so the what we try to do again is introduce them to various parts of that again additive manufacturing. Okay, well, there's so much that's contained inside of that, and really inside of all of these. You know, in, in our IoT, our, our basic IoT course is literally the, the the building block of everything. It's circuits. It's it's you know it, everything about circuits. Okay, what's a what's a transistor do? What's a you know like what, what does all that do? And just giving them the basics so that they can then go home and and hopefully learn more. The other thing I'll say too is what I really like is when I get students back as instructors. Oh, okay. Right, because they like what we're doing and they come back. And we've had one of my assistant instructors this summer was one of our first students, right? And he's back. And and so, you know, I love seeing that just because I think that's another way to get those kids engaged, right? Like you can teach it, you can do it. There's multiple ways. So I like seeing you. Yeah, one of the things talking about the instruction thing, you know, a rule I've heard when you're talking about teaching somebody else, you only have to be one step ahead of the person below you to teaching that. So having just, and then it, I think I may have said that to somebody. Yeah, I, I see it. I, I've seen it. I've seen that yeah. repeatedly, but also it reinforces that for them because it's still new to them going through that. That's, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that was, that that had been taking place with that. Cause that's a good way. Cause how hard is it yeah. to find, you know, again, we'll talk about one of the, the entrepreneurship thing here in a little bit, but to get, you know, for, for the after school programs, how hard is it to go get, instructors, other professionals in the industry to come speak to the students. So it's, it fits in everybody's schedule because that seems that that would be a little bit of a, not just you're building the courses, you got to get all the materials together. Oh, hold up. There's 12 of these going on. I can't go teach 12 of these. I got to go find somebody to go fill the gaps in that. Is that, how's, how's the reception been on that side? So, so that is our, that is probably our most talked about our biggest conversation inside of the company, right? Because I don't think, and not I don't think, I know there's no shortage of people willing to help. But to your point, it's the scheduling, okay? Because most of our instructors are industry professionals. They're out there, they've got a full-time job or they're teachers. And it's, I can't pull them out of the classroom to go teach one of my courses. So, I mean, the good news is, is, is around the summertime, that gets a whole lot easier. I am learning rather quickly that if you want to teach her over the summer, the conversations have to happen now <laughs> in January. You know, it's, I, I'm, and I just had a teacher, as a matter of fact, out, up here in Loudoun County, emailed me yesterday. He was one of my cyber instructors over the summer. He's like, hey, I'm planning my summer vacation. I'm like, dude, it's mm-hmm. January, man. Like, oh, I, but they do. So I hear that yeah, from my wife. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's. Hey, hey, I'm going on a road trip for two months. I'll see you in August. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the hardest part is just getting them. It, it's the, it's the scheduling, right? Like, again, there's no shortage. There are a lot of people out there who want to help. We get companies coming to us. We just had a drone company come to us and say, Hey, we're thinking of building a STEM drone, hmm. you know? So, which, so again, there's no shortage out there. It's getting them to take time off, you know, or, or hope, you know, ideally it'd be finding a company who goes, Hey, this is, this is, community service, you know, you don't need to take a day off, right? Like this part of our, our ethos. So, you know, by all means, take a paid day, go teach. So it's hard, but we're slowly building our, our Rolodex yeah. for all you kids out there. Rolodex, the old, you if know, you don't say phone, you're, card you're, you're, system. you've lost them. I know. You're yeah, close I to know. lost me. So. Yeah. 
what so what's the what's the reception yeah. been because you know i would say being associated with the school system some of the school systems over over the years what has been the reception when you go approach either to to say hey do you have students that want to participate in this or what programs are you offering because my personal experience having some of those conversations is it's very closed off oh we got this covered and it's like i know you don't uh, yeah. but there's defensive mechanism that kicks in to there where you're like no 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 i'm here to help supplement or you know things of that nature what's that been like with some of the school systems so to your point about the, hey, we got it covered, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I learned early on is, you know, when, when we were still in the foundation, we were going out to go see a, a school, right? I won't name any names, but we went to their website to go check them out. And, and you know, Matt and I were like, I have no, like, what are we going to do for them, right? Like you, you look at their website, they're doing drones, they're doing all sorts of cool, like high end stuff. And we're like, what can you get there? And you're just like, <laughs> okay you guys have an awesome marketing, right? Like team and, and what, and that's not to take away because they are doing really good things. But the point of that is that, you know, they're not always, they're, they're advertising well, they're doing good things, but there's always room to do more. Now, the flip side of that is very similar to your conversation. I cannot tell you how many times I go into a school and I say, hey, here's this great entrepreneur program that we have. You know, we'd love to teach it. Oh, we already do that. You know, you just kind of like, where right like but i've I've also learned that some of those you you just can't there, there's you, you learn over time how those conversations go you all you know and so you learn that okay this person is not interested in this and that person i might be able to convince and so you just learn to just sort of hey cool thanks glad you got it covered if that sounds like you don't need us right like have a nice day which is part of it's kind of unfortunate because the kids will never get exposed to that, at least not through that official channel, right? Like there's more than one way to get in. I mean, if, if you know the teachers directly and you get those motivated teachers, those that, that, that want that curriculum, they'll bring you in. And then you don't have to come in from the top, you know, from the, from the administration. You can come in from the bottom and the teachers, which is probably a better way to do it anyway, because they are the most invested in their right. students and their learning and, and what they want. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, they're, it's a mixed bag. I mean, you get some people that are like, holy smokes, this is awesome. We need this, right? And then we're like, cool, let's do this. And then you get those that are like, we already do it. And that's where, cool, man. It, like, it goes man. back to the whole the, the whole setup again, the, the structure of, again, the hands-on, the engagement piece of that. Because at least, you know, the, the little bit I remember from being in school, I mean, you're sitting there, you're carrying around eight books, Maybe you get to touch something in a chemistry class in high school or something like that. I mean, after you get through kindergarten and playing with blocks, I mean, at that point, it's just pencil and paper and stuff. And that right. with the, yeah. I, I see the way the world, you know, the way the world is shifting with the way the tech is in everything. Kids are getting, getting the, you know, the hands-on equipment much earlier that the way that learn what needs to be taught and how they need to, to learn it needs to completely adjust in a way that it's going to, you know, stick. And to me, that's always been how, how fast can you get something in their hands? That's, that's tangible. And again, not everything is like I said, you, you, you can do, you can integrate coding into a robotics program. You can integrate coding into the drink. You can integrate coding into all those things to get that hands-on experience. So it's just not that theoretical piece. And I think that there needs to be more of a shift to some of those things. And I know when I went back to my, huh, 20 year high school reunion, like six years ago, seven years ago, <laughs> there was 
a lot of programs in the school that my life may have been different that I'm seeing start to get out there. But to me, you know, seeing some demos of that stuff, it still seemed out of date to a degree. It's like, oh, this is cool. You're at least planting seeds. But is it really still, you know, are we in 2024 mindset with how fast this stuff's evolved because of all the regulatory policy crap that they've got to go through to get approved curriculum from the federal government to the state to to the local to the local industries? How when when you structure the courses uh, to get some of that engagement piece, are are we talking about uh, a lot of individual work? You're talking a lot of stuff that's based on teams, so so kids are forced to have to work together. Because I know growing up with, you know, you never wanted to be part of the team project that was created because there was always that person that was usually me that was forced to like, oh, my God, I'm not ruining my grade because of these clowns um, type of situation. So how, how do you structure the makeup of the course as it, as it goes along? Sure. So we our philosophy inside of Steambridge is build code do. And so what that means is we try to find projects that there's a physical build component. That's that hands-on piece. We do have exceptions to that. Like right now we're using a pre-built drone kit. Not much we can do about it, except we're looking at building our own drone kit so that we can have that build component back. The code piece is really about teaching the kids how to use that technology. So in the case of 3D printers, there's no actual coding, but we teach them how to calibrate it, how to maintain the printer, right? We teach them how to go out and find print that will actually print and what to look for. And then we teach them how to design their own 3D images so that they can print. And then the do is always some sort of challenge at the end of the week to, again, show me what you've learned. Throughout the week, we, so when we first started back at at Cyberbytes Foundation, we didn't have the entrepreneur and innovation thinking piece, right? So, so we didn't have that, but, but we were always still looking for ways to, to do the teamwork piece, right? The, the, the most fundamental way we do that is put kids in pods of four. So when they're building something, they're there, they can ask questions of each other, they can, you know, socialize, do whatever, but they're there. You know, there's never a, you know, young adult sitting alone by themselves, no matter how much they want Which, to, they're not I've seen going it. Some to, of them do. Right? So, <laughs> and some of them do. And, and, but, but we look, we, we almost take a tough love approach to all of this, you know, like we, we just, your, your parents or somebody has paid for you to be here. You know, I've paid for my instructors to be here. We're all going to learn and we're all going to have a good time, right? And and so we don't we don't let them play on their phone. We don't let them sit by themselves. We don't let them sit by themselves playing on their phone, right? Like, I mean, if, if we've – just a simple example, if, if a student is done, because we'll build in stages as an example, if a student's done with that step, we walk over and say, okay – Johnny, you're done. Go help, yep. right? Go stand up. Go help, right? And and so it helps build that leadership, right? Like that, just that communication skills because they got to learn how to help other people that may or may not want that help, right? And and we don't, again, I, they're not going to be allowed to just sit there, you know, in the middle of camp. So, but as we're developing it, so years, you know, since we've left CBF, or since I've left CBF and since Steambridge has, has been up and running, we've added what started out as an entrepreneur program. It's a grant through NextFlex, an advanced manufacturing institute. So, <laughs> and and we, so we, we get access to their curriculum and then, so we get to teach it, right? And, and so it's really cool. It's a great program. Our grant with them will end, I believe, this summer. And But we're going to take that curriculum. We already are. We're taking that curriculum and we're adding some innovative thinking to it so that we're adding a lot more value to our workshops than just the tech piece. 
right? So if you go through and you look at what it is we do, we have a hard skills piece. So you're building that technology. We teach you soft skills and that can be as, you know, it could be the, hey, Johnny, stand up and go help, right? Um, but it's also problem solving, conflict resolution, teamwork, communication. It's all these things that we we build into the workshops. And then the third piece is that innovative and, and entrepreneurial thinking, right? So how do we create students? How do we create youth who are who understand how they operate, how they work in a team, and how they can add value to an organization. And that organization can be a school club, it could be their church, it could be, you know, their summer job, right? So understanding the entrepreneurial piece is teaching them how a business runs, right? Through some exercises and some things that they may not realize all fit together. And then the innovative thinking piece is, okay, how do I work with, like, what's my innovation style? And how do I work with John, who's a different innovation right. innovator, right? So, so we teach all of that um, because, again, we believe what we're really doing is preparing kids to be productive members of society, right? right? So, so how do we add value? How do we help them add value to to their to their lives and to the world around them? So, way more than yeah. Just and let me jump in, and I want to do story time with John here for a second about the NextFlex Entrepreneur Program, mm-hmm. just to get the point, you know the. The point across of what I saw firsthand for anybody else that may hear this is like, whoa, that's kind of cool. So the way we had set up, I had the opportunity to teach that entrepreneur program for four weeks last summer. And so you would have the first week was drones, I think, for me. I don't I'm going to get them all mixed up. That was six months ago. But the first week was drones. I walk in at Monday at lunchtime. I'm like, oh, hey, give way. Hey, guys, by the way, we're getting ready to go do this other project. So keep eating your lunch while I walk through this. And no kidding, during the course of the week, it was in a sprint-style format, so it was between 30 and 60 minutes for four days, where I would walk through the fundamentals of building a business plan. The first day was coming up with an idea. Who is your target market? Who is your partners that you need? How would you price it? How would you market it? Who would you sell it to? And rapidly walk them through this process of being able to do that. And they would stay working in their pods. This was not solo. So they would be in their groups of three or four um in some cases too, I think the last week that I was there. And it was funny talking about that first Monday, it was kind of like pulling teeth. You know, they were, kinda. It, it was extremely like it pulling teeth. Like Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. a little bit the same. By Wednesday, it was a little bit better that you could start seeing the wheels click. And so the punchline to this was on Friday, we would bring in three professionals from the community that they would have to pitch their business idea to and answer questions. And that got everybody kind of amped up. And I never told them we all, we'd give a prize to the winner that the speakers picked had, I had nothing to do with it, but the speakers would pick a winner and give them a, you know, a small gift card or something like that. And I may have told them like the day of, because during the course of that week, you always had some groups that would take it super serious. Some were lackadaisical, Mm -hmm. but almost everybody by Thursday, when they know they were going to have to get up in front of some strangers that they had never met before, that they knew owned businesses or high level professionals, you know, I think nerves were kicking in, but that desire to succeed kicked in and you could see them really grasping on top of it. And I would see, cause we would actually have this one kid. I don't remember his name, but the transformation of this kid over the course of three weeks that came in there, he was, I believe in the second week. No, not Cody. This is a different kid. Cody, so let me, I'll tell the story about Cody real quick. Cody was in three summer camps in a row. So the first week he did the project just like everybody else. The second week he sees me walk in and I see his eyes roll a little bit in the back of his head. 
And I'm like, dude, just do it. It makes the teams even. You're, you'll be all right. He did it. No problem. He had a leg up because he'd went through it before. And by the third week, he's back in the third week. He go, and I remember at the end, he before before the third week he was back, he goes, are you coming back next week? And then it was like, yes, I am. <laughs> and then I said, I said, so the goal, I said, dude, I'm not going to make you do it three times in a row. So he became my assistant. And he was, no kidding, walking around. He had been through it enough. I was able to be a, hands off a lot. And he was walking the student, the kids through the, the pods when they had questions. Hey, you need to do this because they would get big white papers where they would draw, you know, they would draw their stuff out as their presentation piece. And he actually introduced the presenters that for, that last week. So that was a cool experience, I think, for him. And he really enjoyed doing that last week after he'd went through it. But the transformation, you talked about the ones that were introverted, the kids that, you know, sit there and they think they're in their video games all the mm-hmm. time. They don't speak. They're behind their device. And there was, a, there was a, a student that was in there in the PC building camp, would not participate for life of anything. And, you know, there's nothing that I can do or anybody else to do to shake him out of that. The parents were like, he doesn't talk. Well, he came back two or three times in a row. And by that third last one, he was fully presenting. He was engaged. He was talking to other kids to mm-hmm. the point everybody else there had noticed it as well because there was a couple duplicates. Went from being almost a shut-in in a group to completely have bust out of his shell and was talking to strangers and was talking to the presenters. And that was just some of the power of some of the stuff that was going on that they were exposed to. Right. Yeah, it, it is a it is a great program, right? Like, and, and you and I know, I mean, we're revamping that program. And so there, there are things that can be fixed, but it, it's, it's great. I mean, we, alongside those two stories, there's the story of that, you know, I, I don't remember his name either, but you know, he was our sleeper. Remember like he would be sleeping oh, yes, in the class yes. and, and, you know, we wound up having to call his mom and, you know, oh, we just got in late last night, but Hey, this is week two and you're still <laughs> sleeping, you know? So so, you know, we get those kids and obviously we can work with them and, and, and bring them back up to speed. But I'll tell you by that Friday, you know, that you, you were talking about the big white papers that they, you know, the big stick up sheets that they write on. Well, he rolled his up, right, to take it home. And then he rolled up his, you know, his business plan sheet as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like the business canvas sheet as well and rolled it up to take it home because he, he was, and I told his mom, I said, look, you know, we started this week out. We had some issues. I said, but you may want to talk to your son about business. Right. Or you may want to have make an introduction for him to somebody who may own a business or maybe your boss or just because I and I pulled it out of his backpack right in front of his mom. I was like, we normally keep these, but he can take it home. Right. Like this is cool for him. So he thoroughly enjoys it. So you never really know what they're going to like pick up. on, Right. And so for us, you know, we try to make it broad enough that that we can hit as many people as possible. But those are all great, like great stories. Right. So. So this year, what we're working on is ma- is taking that same curriculum. We're adding, you know, we're working with an innovation coach to bring in. Okay, how do you know? How do you think innovatively? How do you do those kinds of things? And then my, um, putting those two courses together, but then really making it a little bit more coherent or seamless, if you will, right? Because to your point, like, and, and I'm running a I'm running an Xflex course right now at this middle school in Suitland. And it is pulling teeth, right? Because it's an abrupt yeah. stop. You're going, hey, we're going to do all these cool drone things. And by the way, now we're going to put the brakes on today and we're going to talk about entrepreneur programs. So it meets the need, but it's not where it needs to be. So we're working on that so we can make it a little bit um, more fluid throughout Can the Can you course. talk about that that teamwork evaluation thing? I mean, I've seen it. 
I've let my wife see it, but I, and I know that's a work in progress um, with it is, but can you talk a little bit more about how that functions and what your hope is for that once you kind of get all the bugs kinked out of it in a little bit more detail? Because I equate it to like a, you know, the evaluation sheet that I had went through where you're answering the questions, strongly agree, you know, the Briars, Migs, Briggs, I said that probably yeah. wrong because some people get really hung up on that. But, right. but you know, that, that, that formula to understand yeah. who you are when it comes to innovation and, and gut feeling sure. and things of that nature. Can you talk about that a little bit more detail? Yeah. So we're working with Street is the name of the, the company. And what that, that test that you have taken, I've taken, a couple others have taken, is called the Innovation Quotient IQ. I can never remember what the E stands for. But what it is, is exactly what you said. It's almost like a personality test, but it's geared towards innovation. I think I will tell you, I, I think it's pretty I dead agree. on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then you've made the same statement. So, you know, which I think is good news. And so what our goal is, you know, we started working with Tamara over there at, at Launch Street a little over a year ago. And we're taking our time because we want to make sure we get it right. So the 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 evaluation that you took and that I took is the adult version of that, right? So tomorrow works primarily with organizations, very large organizations, teaching them the exact same thing. How do you think innovatively? How do you break out of the box? How do you understand, you know, hey, John's doing something that looks weird to me, but it's normal for him, right? Like, in, and in the sense of like, thought processes and things like that, right? Like, so for me, you know, I'm very futuristic. And this is one of the things that it pulled out for me. And, and I even told Tamara, just a, a side conversation about how accurate it is. I said, you know, until, you know, because I spent a lot of time working in a think tank. I spent a lot of time working at the headquarters level of, a, of the Marine Corps, you know, and, and I would sit around in these sort of brainstorming sessions and I would just get frustrated because I'm like, man, you guys are all trying to solve, solve a problem that's like tomorrow. I want to solve like next year's problem, right? Because if we don't start on that now, we're, we're just going to be behind. And I'm the only one in the room, right? Like who thinks like that? And I, and I told Tamara, I said, I, I always felt that I was, I, I was out of place. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't belong there, et cetera. And I said, until you put a name to it and told me what it was I was doing, I didn't realize that that's how I innovate. And now I embrace it, right? And I'm like, right. hey, this is who I am. So what we're working with her on is taking that, that evaluation and bringing it down to the youth level so that we can provide that same experience to the, to the young adults and say, okay, take this, you're going to take this assessment. Now you've seen it. You get a 10, 15, whatever, 20 page right, PDF. And that was the first yeah. thing I told her. I said, there's no way. You are not going to hand a 15 or 20 page PDF to a kid and one, expect them to read it, much less right. absorb it. And so we've been working on infographics yeah. and how do we engage them? What platforms? Is it, you know, Twitter? And of course, now we have, you know, issues with, okay, you're, I'm interacting directly with your kid. Yeah. And, you know, so we're working through all of that and how we deliver it. And that's why we're taking our time doing it. But the idea is this is exactly that. If I can show you and put a name to your innovation style, teach you how to take that innovation style and interact with somebody who has a different innovation style so that we can be successful in a group, right? And that group, again, going back to what I said earlier, could be your school, it could be your classroom, a school organization, it could be your church group, it could just be a nonprofit you're volunteering at, it could be a for-profit company you're working at, right? Like, so we combine that then with the 
with the entrepreneur piece, right? So that you understand how a business works and where you can fit in inside of that business. So, so that's our goal, but you've seen it again, and you've even made comments on it that, that it's not kid no. friendly yet. And we know that, but the concept um, but, is, but the con- yeah, goal. the concept is great. Yeah. The, the, the language, the yeah. way the questions are written, the way the breakdown is at the end, uh, definitely is adult oriented. If you've taken any of those personality tests or something along that line, yep. but definitely see how that would function with the within the the youth setting as they're going. When you start tying in all the pieces of, of this together, and you start reading the news, you know you got your the economic cycles of recession. We're going through all of these freaking tech layoffs again. You know, cause of overhiring, which to me is the dumbest thing in the world. From lack of pre planning, don't think anybody at a Fortune 100 is any smarter than any of the small business owners. Everybody's the same. But is your vision and hope is that you're creating a bunch of innovators that kind of go out on their own and start charting their own path versus looking for that old school traditional. I'm going to go get the nine to five job at Google or Amazon to get yeah. laid off six months later because they decided now nah, we don't need you anymore type of stuff. Because that's, I mean, as we're doing this in January, 2024, this is still ongoing. And also they're making record profits mm-hmm. from the same time period. So what, how do you, how do you have an envision, you know, with that as the end goal mission piece? Right. So for us, I will say we're trying to help both of those groups, right? Like I I will tell you, I love being an entrepreneur, right? Like I love having my own business. I'm not going to say I own my own time, right? But, but, you know, just the fact that I'm, I'm making the decisions, the business grows and shrinks based on my, you know, based on my input into the business. I'll also tell you that being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart, right? Like, because there are times where you're like, ah, I don't know when that paycheck's coming, you know, and things like that. But, but so it's not for everybody, but I'll tell you what we, when we talk to the kids about the definition of an entrepreneur, we, or even entrepreneurialism, right? If we're making up our own words, right? But is the fact that, again, I go back to how do you add value to an organization? So you can be that person who goes to big tech, to Google, to Microsoft, whatever, but I want to teach you how to be that person who doesn't get laid off, right? Because if I teach you how to add value, if I teach you what a business actually is and how it runs and the different pieces, and you're a marketer, well, I can still teach you how, how does marketing affect the rest of the business, right? Like how, how does it fit in? And then how do you be innovative inside of that marketing department so that you're meeting the larger goals of the company, right? Like, because every company has goals. And if all the employees are working towards those same goals, then the company's going to yes. prosper. Right. And, and the employees will as well. So if we teach you those kinds of things, you're going to be just as valuable inside of a big tech company as you are, if you were to start your own business. So both. No. And I think that goes into, it's something that I've been more publicly advocating for, uh, you know, the business's scorecard or scorebook is, you know, could be right re- is revenue. And if you're teaching at an early age, those fundamentals of business, they can ask, you know, if they go get a job, they can start asking the right questions. What is my impact Mm -hmm. positively as a cost center or as driving revenue or things of this nature? What is my intrinsic value to here that I know, again, the value that I bring? So I know how to increase that. So not only do you benefit, that I can benefit down the road. And I think a lot of times that gets lost in the, you know, in the cogs of, you know, some of the larger organizations or the smaller organizations sure. want to keep that stuff. We, we don't disclose that information. Well, how do I know? I'm supposed to be on your team. How do I know I'm adding value? I show up every day. 
I do what I'm saying, but I, I don't know I'm truly bringing value. And I think that helps open up the, yeah. the right questions for that. And, and the other word that we use is ownership, right? So, so how do I teach somebody how to take ownership of that marketing task, right? Like you may be a marketing intern, but to your point, what is your value, right? Like what am I doing that increases the value of this company? And you should know that. And I, am I teaching you that right out the gate? No, but I'm giving you the fundamentals right. of how to do that. I'm teaching you about the business, like, because we can tailor the course that next flex now soon to be our innovative thinking, you know, course, we can tailor that to, you know, I just started a conversation with a teacher in Loudoun County here. He teaches, he's a CTE teacher, right? A computer and technical education teacher, but he teaches finance, uh. right? So I'm trying to, I, so, so, so he's considered CTE and finance. So I told him, I'm like, we could run this entire program, but let's just focus on the, how do we price this? What's the yep. market, right? Like we can run an entire course around flexible hybrid electronics or whatever technology, but we only focus on that, on that piece, right? So we can give them the solution. And now I can teach them a little bit more about how to price inside of a business, right? So, so the idea is, again, to create a value-added employee, right, that is value-add on their own, right? They can figure that part out. They can see at least or know to your point, who do I even go talk to? What are the conversations I should It's the critical have? thinking piece. Don't wait to be told. Go uh, seek absolutely. it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Got two things yeah. uh, for your wrap. Is any of the stuff that you're working on now, are you, because there's a, you know, in cybersecurity field, there's a lot of stuff around people transitioning careers. I'm sure that's happening in other industries. Are you looking at any of this beyond the middle school, high school age range for adults, for other programs? Yeah, absolutely. So we already do. We run at the 18 to 24 right now. So we work with a couple of agencies inside of Virginia that focus on that that post high school 18 to 24. We have also put out, but a little bit more on the fun side, we've put out like 3D printer courses that are weekend builds. You know, we're starting to, to team up with some breweries and some vineyards and stuff. So again, it's a little more fun, but the idea there still is that, hey, if your kids are interested in this technology, you know, you should probably at least look into it, right? So if I can build a 3D printer with an adult, let them take it home and maybe they can introduce it to their kids, right? Or they can now have that conversation with their kids if they're not already 3D printing, right? Or the, hey, look how cool dad is, right? Like our mom is because I brought home this 3D <laughs> printer, right? Like so, so, but I'll tell you too, along that same note, we've also run some courses for families. Like we'll bring in like really young kids, like seven or eight years old. And we will, we did a 3D printer build with them over the weekend, but we required the families to be there, right? Like it's a really cool family activity to build a 3D printer. And again, have that same conversation. And these seven or eight year olds are like, give them a couple of years and give them a couple of years with access to a 3D printer, right? Like, I mean, I'll tell you, I have a, my son, there's three 3D printers in the house. There's probably a dozen drones. There's robots, there's sumo robots. There's all sorts of stuff. And he has carte blanche, right, to them all. And he just, like, I'll be away and he'll call me and say, hey, dad, the 3D printer stopped or, like, is messing up. Do you want me to stop it? Yep. Okay. He knows how to stop it. He can clean it up and he can restart the print, right? Like, he, he's eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like, I'm scared about, you know, the next couple of years as he really starts to get into it. You're worried it, right? he's going to so, beat you. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, you know what? Go. Like, let's, like, that's perfect. Right? Because, I mean, as a parent, I want, I want my kid to be better than I am. Right? Like, I want that. And, and I want that for all the kids. Right? Like, I want all these kids to have access to this technology so that we can see what they do. Right? Because 
I don't have to prescribe how to use it. I just want to teach you how to use it. And I want to see how you use it because that's where that innovation is going to come. I'm curious what drunk uh, adults would make on a 3D printer after they get the fundamental skills down. <laughs> yeah, we, we were going to limit the number of beers on that, <laughs> in that course, but yeah. Uh, but it's, it'll be fun. So, yeah. I mean, I know. So now after we've talked about this, you got your core fundamental courses you've been doing for a few years and you're still experimenting with some other ones to kind of see what, you know, product market fit for some of the other ones yeah. out there. As, as you're trying to grow, what are like the ideal partners? What are the ideal resources that you need or that you're on the lookout for to help you further the mission along? So we love when we're looking to actually run a workshop, we partner with like nonprofits or community organizations. You know, we, the, our camps are, are higher priced because again, the kids are going home with whatever they built. So we, we like to find organizations that can help support that because, you know, going out to the public with a $3,000 per student cost is, you know, probably not doable in most areas. But when we're looking for partners to execute or to like, Anybody that just wants to tell their story, right? Like, and, and within our ecosystem or within what we teach, so we teach inside of, you know, aerospace. So we do drones and we're going to look into like model rocketry and things like that. Advanced manufacturing. So 3D printing and then advanced 3D design. We're actually working on that course for next year. We have an AI course this summer. So again, that's like a five-week course, but the kids are going to start learning large language models. They're going to learn how to do music using AI. We're going to teach them about Bitcoin and blockchain and all right. So, so in and then of course our esports, which right now is a is a build your own PC course. We have I, but then we also have like XR. So anybody inside of those industries who wants to just come and tell their story, right? Or do you want to come teach? We'll teach you how we teach, right? Like we'll train you on the material and how we teach and those kinds of things. I'll even pay you. That's the, the value of a for-profit company, right? Like I'll even pay you. So, you know, I haven't, again, I have instructors who are teachers who are students, right? Like high school and college. Like if you are comfortable standing in front of a group and you have enough technical knowledge to be able to handle what we're doing, I'll hire, I'll bring you on, right? Because we, we have a need for instructors. But so organizations or people who are interested in telling that story or engaging with the kids. And one of my favorite stories was when we were helping Stafford County and we were bringing in guest speakers, we would put together a list of everything that like this particular class wanted to hear about. One of them was cybersecurity. We brought in this, we brought in a a cybersecurity expert from a highly respected cybersecurity company. And he gets up in front of the class and is like, I don't have any college degrees. I don't even have any industry certifications. And he's like one of the like most well-known, you know, at least inside of the community, right? Like (laughs) <laughs> or, or cyber guys, right? We love those stories, right? Because you get kids in there who are like, well, I don't want to go to college. Right. Okay, we, you don't always have exactly. to, right? And so again, we just want to show these kids away. So if you are interested in doing that, we are interested in talking to you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time today. This is great. Catch up. You know, like I said, seeing this firsthand, I, I, I know the, the excitement that happens around the kids when they're in the programs and just just it's awesome again stuff that i wish that existed when i was their age that did not yeah. and your your computer class involved learning how to format letters properly in different formats on a computer <laughs> yeah. that was the extent yeah. this newfangled electric yeah. typewriter anybody yeah. wants to reach out what's the best way to yep. reach out to you so we are online across 
pretty much every social media platform, some form of Steambridge, so Steambridge Online or Steambridge. Our website, you can go to steambridgeonline.com or joel at steambridge.net. Awesome. Old school, dot N-E-T. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.